0: Welcome to new listeners. What is I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Kirkman? God damn it. This is exactly what it is. I couldn't even say my own name. And I almost just hit pause so that I could edit this out. But screw it. That's what this podcast is. I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast is a solo podcast done by me, comedian Jen Kirkman. You may remember me from Chelsea Lately or Drunk History. You may have read my books. You may have seen my Netflix specials. I'm going to die alone and just keep living. This is where I go to say whatever the hell I want. There doesn't have to be punchlines. It doesn't have to be politically pleasing to any particular group. It doesn't Have to be funny. It can be sincere. I've cried on this podcast before. I've definitely been funny on this podcast before. I've been informative. I've been stupid. I've just been a human. This is where you can go to, for free, listen to a performer riff for an hour about what went on in their mind, in their world, in their life that week. I started this podcast in 2013 when I was a writer and performer on The Chelsea Lately Show because of how fun that show was, and I was doing things like Drunk History, a lot of people thought I was a very fun party girl. And so they were coming to my shows drunk and screaming things out. And I realized this is out of control. People need to know that I seem fun, but I'm really not fun. I'm, I like to do dumb things like stay home on Friday night and make lists. And I like to not be wasted in shouting things out if I'm in the audience somewhere, I wanted a podcast for people to find the real me. And it's been one of the most fun things that I've ever done in my creative life. So if you start listening to the podcast and you feel lost and you feel like it's a conversation that you're not part of, that's kind of what it feels like. But if you stick with it, you'll start to understand that it's random and you can be part of it anytime you want. I will read you a review from the Onion AV Club. What makes I seem fun funny is Kirkman's inherent knack for cultivating conflict, even talking into a microphone in a room by herself. Whether she's dissecting a negative iTunes review from an angry Christian or seriously considering a class action suit against Robin Thicke for being gross, Kirkman is eternally embattled, but she tempers her cynicism with sweetness and more often than not, she's right. Get ready to step inside to "I Seem Fun," the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Welcome. I Seem Fun. I Seem Fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I Seem Fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast episode two six five. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm going to release this on Christmas Day because what a gift. But the thing that's interesting about this episode is I don't think it's going to be overly Christmassy. I mean, we'll talk Christmas, but it's not like a special episode where I'm like, dun, 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 dun. you know, that whole thing. I just completely ran out of breath. Um, but whatever. I'm recording a bunch of episodes in advance so that I can have a vacation. Like I I know this only takes an hour and you know, look, it takes a little more than an hour. I do some prepping. I I think about what I want to talk about. I I write things down, but I just want to have to do nothing. Even if something only takes an hour, hour and a half, if you have to do it, it's like, (laughs) I have to do something. So forgive me for this Christmas episode and the next week, New Year's one, they will have been recorded in advance. So again, if Donald Trump resigns or something crazy happens, and you're like, "Why is she not talking about it?" It's because she is recording this the second week of December, just so I can get ahead. Ahe- Let me get it. Sometimes it's good to get ahead of yourself, huh? 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 This Lori Laughlin never ages. Um, not that it's bad to age, but it's freakish. Like she doesn't look plastic surgeryed up, but you know, she's like me in that way. Like. You know she's taking care, but can't really tell exactly what she's doing. Well, Botox, I see. it. But I've got a Hallmark movie on in the background. This one, she has, oh, she runs a shoe company, Mad Shoes, M-A-D-D. And she gave a speech. She is selling the company. Now, I read the, hello, I just started right in. Oh, we're not even, I'll get to business in a minute. I read the uh, memoir of this woman, Tamara Mellon. Who ran Jimmy Choo Shoes And it was very fascinating How she got started And how she continued But So this character This Lori Loughley character Similar thing Went to New York City Well Jimmy Choo Shoes started in London But went to New York City Started the shoe company 17 years later she sold it Now she's like free time What do I do with that? And um, she went back to see her family for Christmas. She normally only goes back for one day, but this time she's spending a little bit longer. She reconnects with her high school sweetheart, who is a really good furniture designer. What I kind of like about this one is everybody is busy and has ambitions, and they're not like small town life is better. The small town people that stayed behind her, like I didn't actually have the balls to move to New York. I didn't think I could do anything beyond just making furniture for a few people so i kind of like that they weren't like you're evil and from the city it it's a very real representation of what happens some people enjoy what they do and they don't want to make it um i'm not even going to say bigger but they're 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 not looking to become an uh, enterprise they're not looking to move to new york city and so they stay you know local and it's not bad or good or one is worse or better it's just two different types of living. So, I don't mind this one for that reason. And the mom keeps saying, there are no mistakes, just decisions. And I like that. You know, every once in a while I get a little wisdom, right? Who knows? You never know where you're going to get the wisdom from. So, my loves, that was gross. Sorry. (laughs) Here's what you can do. Here's what you can do. Listen, if you want to buy my books, you get them on Kindle right now, last minute gift for someone. You know you can gift Kindle or however you read things on your on your computer. They read books on computers now. Gerald, Gerald, they read books on computers now. Well, no, Gerald, not. he thinks you have to sit at a computer. He thinks like, you know, those big, I have a little laptop. I love it. It's a Dell. It's a Dell. I have a Dell. Gerald. There's all kinds, computers fit in your pocket now. I mean, he knows this, but when I, he's so literal. Gerald is so literal. He knows there's, he knows that the Android and the iPhone and the hoo-ha and the doodad and the iPad and the i-this and the, he knows all the, <coughs> oh goodness, I had too much eggnog, I'm flemmy. He knows the doodads are all technically computers. So I call them all the computer. But he's so literal that when I say the computer, he thinks I mean the big desktop that sits on his desk, which he still has the ones with the giant back. I say, Gerald, you don't have to have these anymore. But he says he likes it. Why get a new one? You know, he says, that's what they they want to make you feel like what you have is obsolete. And until it stops working, it's not obsolete. So he does it. You know, he just types. He just types. He writes his novel. Gerald is writing a novel. I am not telling them the plot, Gerald. Gerald's writing his novel. He's been writing it for 20 years. You know, I think it's just something to keep him busy. Dear God, I hope he never finishes his novel because we like to keep Gerald busy. Keeps him out of my hair when I do the podcast. But anyway. I try to tell Gerald about the e-readers and the Kindles. They say they read them on their books now. They read the books on their computer. I'm all, I'm all jingle jangled here. He gets me so crazy. Gerald, can you just go in the other room for two minutes? There you, yeah. I t- he says, you're not supposed to sit at a computer all day. So you don't have to. You can bring it to bed with you. It's like a little book. I love when the Kindle looks like a little book. Anyway, you know, Gerald doesn't understand these modern things, right? You know, they say this happens that men, as they get older, get more conservative and they don't want to know. It's like they want, like, stop the world. They want to get off. They don't want to know any new things. They've they're hit their limit. And women, because you girls have it so good today, you really do. Everyone's speaking up about... <clears throat> You know, me too. I want to get paid equal, all the things you have. Well, we didn't have that. So now I'm speaking out, and I don't care who hears me. I'm speaking out. I'm learning more things. If there's a new doodad and a new hoo ha, well, I will look into it because I don't want to be left behind. I don't. I'm a vibrant woman of 60. I have at least 40 years left on this earth. I'm not going to sit here and use obsolete electronics. I'm a podcaster. You know, I'm with the times. Yes, I am with the times, Gerald. Well, oh, because that's the style now, Gerald. <sighs> Gerald thinks that my bell-bottom pants are act- they are not from the seventy. 70- I have a—I have a bell-bottom um, velour that I wear. It's my—it's my holiday outfit. A bell-bottom velour with a—you know—sort of a long top. Put a belt around it. And Gerald says, these are your bell bottoms. He says, he says you're not modern. You wear bell... I go, well, Gerald, they're not literally from the 70s. It's They were just made, mass produced on the mass market this year because the style is back. He doesn't understand the difference between keeping something for 40 years and a style coming back. I mean, honestly, I don't understand... Somebody will have to explain to me why anybody thought of this whole hoopla, that men and women are compatible. I mean, I think we're just supposed to make children together and then raise them in a giant community. I don't understand. As we get older, men and women are just not, oh, the eggnog are just not compatible. I mean, I feel like I'm sitting here with an old fuddy-duddy. I love you, Gerald. Oh my goodness. Anyway, everybody, if you want to get my books, why not get them right now? get them on Kindle 999 buy yourself a gift oh read read it and ignore your family what else can I tell you um, yeah you want to join the secret Facebook group it's a bunch of people chatting you can chat with them all during Christmas Day just go to Facebook Facebook facebook.com slash I seem fun podcast and the um, in the bio it'll show you how to get to the secret group or Twitter Um which is at ISEM Fun Podcast on Twitter. If you go into the bio there, it'll you click that link and you get on in it. Anyway, that's it. That's all you need to know. These are the updates. Now as of this, um, Seattle, Portland, Phoenix, Chicago, Arlington, Virginia, Dallas, everything is on sale. Everything is on sale right now, and more and more dates are being added. We're talking Philadelphia and Pittsburgh in April, and we're talking Salt Lake City in May. Oh, yeah, it's all happening. It's all happening. So... I told you, dates are rolling, rolling, rolling. People still not joining my newsletters. I put up a thing saying, go to my website right now, see what's on sale. Somebody writes, why don't you come to DC? It's fucking on sale. Why would you not go to a website? This is the thing. I'm trying to do this for a living. Why? The the, the people don't understand what the newsletter is. They go, I joined it, but it didn't say that you were coming to my city. I'm like, because it comes out Two to three times a month with new updates every week You don't just go Well, my city's not on it this week Unsubscribe I'll just keep asking Jen in the comment section When she's coming to a place that's on sale Oh, I'm losing my shit on Christmas Even though it's not Christmas That's why I feel comfortable losing my shit So What have I been up to? Well, I'm not sure But um, I know that the week that I'm supposed to be in New York I am going on a Coco and Carol's cruise (laughs) And I know that, you know, listen, I'm not some rich bitch, but I really wanted to go on this and it's like a little bit pricey. And I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to buy a couple tickets. And if people I know want to go with me, and I just said to people, come with me, it's on me because I really wanted to. So this is what, by the time you hear this, I will have gone on it. But, um, it's an hour and a half cruise. It's so not like something I think a real New Yorker does. I don't care. Um, Please join us for this special, warm, and cozy cruise with your friends, family, blah, 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 holiday season. Step inside the toasty solarium in full holiday decor for a one-hour and 30-minute cruise to see the New York City lights. (laughs) Listen to holiday caroling backed by a live band and sing along to classic holiday carols. One complimentary drink of beer, wine, or champagne, or delicious hot cocoa, spiked if you want it, cookies and treats for all guests included. Um, So, yeah, it's a little cruise that goes around Manhattan. I mean... I will be singing aloud. And um, oh, God, I'm boring myself with telling stories about things I haven't done yet. And by the time you hear it, we'll have done. I'm taking an ice skating lesson, a private one in Bryant Park. What, again, by the time you hear this, it will have happened. So I'll fill you guys all in in the new year of, of how my little Christmas trip went. But um, I cannot ice skate. I've, I feel like when I was a little kid, everybody just ice skated. You know, you just skated around, roller skated, ice skated. Everyone was always – but I was always a little more timid because I took ballet and I thought I was going to be a professional dancer and I never wanted to break anything. And um, so I still have that same timidity on the ice. And to be honest, I still don't want to break anything. It's no way to live. So I don't want to skate around with the general population pushing me and shoving me. So, And usually how I ice skate is putting on skates and standing – in the rink and holding on to it. And when I used to live in New York, I would go ice skating in Prospect Park. Oh my God, it was just, I feel like I was like the eight. Girls, when I lived in Brooklyn, it was 1801. So I'm gonna take this lesson. We'll see how it goes. It could be very annoying. It could be an hour of someone being like, what do you do for a living? What do you do? How's your day going so far? But I don't think so, because I'm gonna tell them, I just want you to talk to me about ice skating. I'm a lot of fun. I have some rules for how this lesson is going to go. I would just like to be spoken to about ice skating. Um, Does anyone else have this problem that you send someone a Christmas card and then they text you to catch up? No, no. No, no. I send over 150 Christmas cards. My phone is blowing up. This is the proper response to a Christmas card. Zero response. I'm just happy that I'm happy to send them out. It's part of my thing or you send one back. And if we're friends in real life, like th- where we hang out a lot and talk, I'll see you anyway. Or you can take a, pi- a lot of my friends take pictures of it and go, I got your card, but there's people texting or an email, like I got your card, haha. But texting, it's specifically texting. People are like, I just got your card. How are you? What's been going on? And I'm like, no, no, not it's gonna sit here like because just my neck hurts. I'm not sitting here texting all day. The card is how I'm doing. I'm sending cards. That's how I'm doing today. Um, I know it sounds weird like I've reached out and corresponded with you via card, but it doesn't mean let's now get in a text volley. Does anyone else relate to this? Please leave a comment on the um Facebook group wall or you can email me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got this movie on in the background. And there is a boy wearing the craziest tiara that it I think it's supposed to look like a king's crown, but it doesn't. It looks like something <laughs> you'd wear, like Courtney Love wore on the cover of Live Through This. And its it looks great. I'm all for gender bending and wearing tiaras, but I don't think they meant this guy to look this way. And it's delighting me that it ended up that way. <laughs> oh, God, what a podcast. What did she do this week? Oh, she had a Hallmark movie on on mute in the background and just commented on it. Oh, did you guys watch along? Did she tell you the name of it? No, none of that. It was just like watching someone. It was like listening to someone who's ignoring me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a break, right? Just give me a break, guys. I don't know. I don't know what that character is. I'm really sorry. I'll never do it again. Um, okay. There's a lot of weird emails coming in. I know you're like, can you really not check your emails? I really can't not because they're so stupid. Um, okay. So I want to tell you y'alls, I want to tell you y'all, this is the time of year. First of all, I cannot wait. By the time you hear this, I will be, I, so I leave, I'm not even going to tell anyone my schedule, but on the 26th, I will be in an undisclosed location, not talking to humans for a week and it's going to be amazing. I just don't, after the nine days of New York and my family, I just want to do nothing and I want to watch my movie screeners that get sent to me, no big deal, I'm in the Writers Guild, nominated for a Writers Guild Award this year from Mrs. Maisel, no big deal, and in SAG, and they send you all the movies that are going to be nominated, and there's a pile that I want to watch, and I just want to cocoon up and just like bye-bye the world, okay, but this time of year, you are around sick people, everybody's blowing their nose on the napkins and then throwing them back on the table, that's right, I see the animals at your family parties, So why not get healthy for the new year? Never mind all this losing weight shit. What about just like actual health? Do you take your vitamins? Because I am so excited about our new sponsor because as you know, I am a health freak and we have a new sponsor, Care of Vitamins. It is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers totally personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. And for 25% off of your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit takecareof.com and enter fun, T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F.com, takecareof.com and enter fun. Now, here's what's going to happen. They give you a fun online quiz. They ask you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices. It literally takes like less than five minutes to fill, to fill out, and you can find out what vitamins and supplements that you specifically need. 90% of everybody falls short of the FDA-recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. So this quiz is going to help you get everything you need. They get delivered right to your door in a personalized, easy-to-remember daily packs. It's perfect on the go, busy lifestyle, someone like me. Packing my vitamins is my least favorite part of anything, so this has become so easy for me. A portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. You can track the progress of your, uh, you can track your progress, sorry, you can track your progress with the Care Of app and earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. Your subscription box can be easily modified at any time. They are vegan and vegetarian supplemental options as well. And their nutrient-packed quick stick powders can be added to your monthly delivery for an extra easy boost whenever you need it, okay? So it's fun, it's easy, it's so convenient. Whatever health goal you have, if you're like, I don't have any vitamin D or I'm always tired and sluggish. This will help. For 25% off of your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit takecareof.com and enter FUN. Some vitamins even can clear up your acne. Some like CoQ10 uh, can lower your blood pressure. There's so many different things and you will find the personalized program that's right for you. And then you don't have to think about it. You just sit back, it comes to your door. This is a freaking game changer. And when we're talking about New Year's goals and getting healthy in the new year, forget vain things like, I want to lose weight, just take care of yourself and actually the rest will follow. So welcome new sponsor. I'm really into it. Takecareof.com and enter fun for 25% off of your first month. Awesome. Now, so we've got uh, many new members uh, in the Facebook closed group. And again, I'm loving people's answers and so when you join the group, you have to answer a question, what do you find fun that other people don't? And what do other people find fun that you just do not understand at all? So again, this is from I Seem Funners. Are you guys relating to each other? What do you find fun that other people don't? Somebody says cleaning, especially vacuuming and laundry. Also list making, planning, preparing, and organizing for anything from a party to a natural disaster. Ah, I love it. I am so, I actually, I have a housekeeper and a big deal. Um, they come to a big clean, like once every two, three weeks, depending on how much I've messed up the place. And I just hate cleaning. I mean, I spot clean all the time. I'm always wiping counters like three times a day and, and that kind of thing. But big, doing big giant cleans, I used to love it and I cannot stand it. It drives me crazy. But list making is my favorite thing. Like, I have like five different documents going for my tours. I have the tour diary where I just, each city, I remember I put which hotel I stayed in, which this, how the transportation was so I can refer to it. It's amazing. Like I'm booking all my travel for this, this year's tour and I'm like, wait, where do I stay when I go to Chicago? So I'm, I'm doing an organized thing. Then I have like the itemized budget for the tour. Oh, I'm spending this for this show, you know, like publicist and car service and plane and this and this one I'm getting back and I've got all the like financials and then I've got I love that I check the ticket sales every day. I mean, I love lists and organizing and it's my favorite thing. And all the assistants and my managers and agents offices are like, we can book your travel. I'm like, don't you dare take that away from me. It's my favorite thing to do. So it's very strange. Most comedians are not like that. I am actually too busy to do it and I can't not. Uh, What somebody else finds fun that other people don't, they like to read and enjoy solitude. This is so I Seem Funnish. what do you find fun that other people don't? Another person says, organizing drawers and closets, stocking up on candles. So I always have a few in reserve, getting new socks. Yes, this could be me. As much as I don't like cleaning, cleaning, I am constantly organizing drawers. I am constantly giving things to goodwill. I love having a candle reserve. I mean, it is life as the kids say. Um, Somebody else loves organizing and reorganizing DVDs in their collection, just in case an apocalypse takes out all streaming services, but somehow my DVD player still works. Yeah, I keep DVDs too. They're in a hutch so that you can't see them because I just don't like the way they look, but I do the same thing. Um, Somebody else finds fun saying no to stuff. They find that empowering. Oh my God, I love this. Okay, so two things. I had a few things booked the week after Christmas. And I was like, oh no, I'll totally wanna do that. And then I was like, no, I won't because I've already booked a couple things this week that I didn't wanna do. And it was no offense to the project, but it was like, oh, I'll do your show. And then the night came around and I was like, no, I really don't want to go out right now. You know, things come up the last minute. I've been auditioning again. So this actually, this is a thrilling story. For people like me who wanted to say no to something and it was too late to cancel and something got canceled at the last minute, this story is like going to be like porn for you. And I hate when people say shit like that. So my two dear friends, Sean and Andy, run a show at UCB Theater in LA where you tell a story about an object that's in your home. And I thought it sounded like such a great idea. I can't wait to do it. They asked me about a month before and I said, yeah, December 11th, I'm sure, nothing will be going on. Things will be winding down. The opposite is true. I had no idea that I'd end up with neck arthritis and, and have had to had so many appointments that week that it kicked off a few things off my calendar that I had to reschedule for the 12th. And so 12th, 13th and 14th are like jam packed days, like 6am to 8pm, no stop. So I was like, my one night free would be December 11th. And now as the week is approaching, I can't, I really feel like I don't want to do this show. It's it's just not a good night for me. But I was like, well, it's a couple nights before the show. I can't cancel because it's such a specialized show. My name's all over the thing. It's just annoying and it's hard to find people to replace. And like, why am I being a dick? And I'll just go and whatever. So then, of course, it's the day of the night of the show. And I get an audition for the next day. And it's in the morning and I have to memorize like four pages of dialogue and it's with someone that I, I used to work for them. I used to write on a TV show that they headed up and I want to do a good job because they've never really seen my acting and I want them to know that I can do it. And it's this casting director who um, I've worked with in the past before. I, I, last year I tested for a pilot. It, It was a pilot with Tom Lennon, and it got between me and someone else and went all the way up to the network level, and then the someone else got it. But then the show didn't end up getting picked up. So I don't know if I ever told that story. I think I was afraid to tell it last year because I didn't want people at Mrs. Maisel to hear it and be like, why are you auditioning when you have a job? But it was because I was home for two weeks. Nobody would have cared. Anyway, so that casting director is, you know, um, is a – you know, he wants you to have your lines memorized and, and do a good job and all that stuff. So I was like, oh my God, here I am. It's 5 PM. I have to be somewhere in the morning. I have a show tonight. And the audition I had to be at in the morning was at 10:30, which means you have to leave about nine with all the traffic. And there's, so I left. So I was like, and then I have to like get, you know, look nice. Like, So I was like, I need to get a blowout. So I was like, oh my God, I really want to cancel this show, but I can't, I can't. So I go to Dry Bar to get a blowout. They've been much better lately, by the way. I swear to God, all my complaining about them has sort of changed things. Maybe not, but things are a little better there. So uh, is this the best Christmas you've ever had listening to a boring story? So I go to Dry Bar at 7 p.m. I get just a basic blowout. Um, it's going to look great the next day. It'll be perfect. I'll just jump out of bed, shower, put on makeup. Won't have to deal with doing my own hair. It'll be great for the audition. Great. So I'm sitting there at the blowout and I'm thinking, God, I, I really just don't have time to go to this show. So my friend Andy emails, sends this group email out. He's like, I was filming something today. I'm on set. I'm not going to be able to get to the show exactly on time and I'm hosting it can someone else host it and then someone else wrote back well Sean's sick he's not even doing the show and I texted my friend Sean and I was like oh my god you didn't even tell me you canceled on doing your own show like I wanted to cancel (laughs) and I'm gonna kill you because now I can't cancel because Andy's gonna be late and you're sick and oh my god so then and so then it's like I said well I guess I'll host if you really need it Now I'm like doing the opposite of canceling. I'm like offering to help. And they're like, oh, Jen, that would be great. Thanks so much. This is like the creative director of the theater. Then Andy writes back 10 minutes later, and he's like, guys, I'm not going to be able to even get there at all. Like I, this this filming I'm doing is not ending. So I cannot even be part of my own show. So it's Sean and Andy's show, and now both of them aren't going to be there. And I had said in an email to the woman. Yeah, I'll host it. So then the woman wrote back, oh, Andy, that's okay, Jen. So you'll host it and we'll just turn the show into something different. And then I wrote back, well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. If Sean and Andy aren't going to be there and this isn't the show that we were supposed to have scheduled, I think we should just cancel the whole thing. I-, <laughs> I have a huge day tomorrow and I'm still recovering from this shot I got in my neck and I'd love to just go to bed. And I canceled it. And it was the greatest thing because it it was already canceled anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? And I just felt light as air and I went home and I worked on my audition. So that saying no, it, it was the best feeling that I ever had in my fucking life. So, um, I don't know why I'm so post-nasal drippy today. It's driving me crazy. I think it's because, um, I haven't been drinking a lot of water I really hate it. So anyway, that saying no story is pretty fucking exciting. Um, I had another one that was something about organizing. Oh, yeah. Don't want to miss this story. What? You had a story about organizing and you can't remember it? Jen, don't leave us hanging. <clears throat> no, it was something that somebody wrote that made me Oh, books. So. I almost became a bookless person this week, and I really am glad I made the choice not to. So in my home office, I have this black bookshelf, but it's not quite a bookshelf because um, imagine like a bookshelf has 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 a row that isn't deep, and so you can fit books on it. But imagine this bookshelf is the size of a bookshelf, but it has 12 squares. And so it's more like a display shelf, and each square is about two rows deep. You can put two rows of books on it, which, you know, isn't what most people would do because you want to display every jacket and display every title. You don't want half of them hiding in the back. So in that home office, I have, I keep my paper stacked for um, the printer I have copies of my own books on the shelves. I have my little flyers. I have office supplies in these black and white boxes. It's very specific and it's only for office supplies and gen promo stuff. It's not a fun shelf with books or knickknacks on it. it. And it's so uniform and organized. I love it. But If I wanted to, I could sort of condense my office supply and my own supply of things and make room to put books. So I have this bookshelf in my bedroom, but I did a major bedroom redo where I got rid of the bookshelf and my nightstands and my dressers and got all new dressers and nightstands. I mismeasured this one area So when they came in to put the dresser in this little corner, I went, oh, that's terrible. That doesn't fit there. That's way too big. You know what? I don't need anything in that corner. That corner needs to breathe. Why don't we put the dresser over here? So now the dresser is where my bookshelf used to be. And I always thought it was kind of weird to have a bookshelf in the bedroom because maybe a small little bookshelf where you put like your spiritual books or your fun reads before bedtime, but this bookshelf had everything. So it's like my political books are staring at me, you know, and my friends that are comedians books are staring at me and my, and then it is sort of like, why am I displaying all this stuff? I don't know. It just didn't seem bedroomish. It seemed more like appropriate for a library, but I don't have a library and there's no room in my living or dining room for this bookshelf. So I realized now that the dresser is where a bookshelf used to be, there's no room in my bedroom for a bookshelf. And I went, wait, what do I do with my books? Am I going to, and I thought, well, why don't I just get rid of all these books? I mean, I have a Kindle, and if I want to look at these books again, I'll just get it. And I went, no, there's something's wrong with that. You know, I might never read these books again, but what if, I always think, what if somebody sleeps over and they just want to read a book? Like it's a bed and breakfast without electricity. (laughs) But I've had a few people stay at guests in my home office, which can convert into a second bedroom. Um, because the couch can lay down flat and become a bed. And I've got blackout curtains in there so people can sleep. Like it's, But they're not going to be like, oh, let me read a book. But then I thought, well, no, I, I have to have books. It just, it's just a weird quality to not have books. If I went to someone's place and they didn't have books, I'd be weirded out. And so, you know, if I'm like, meet someone new and start dating them. I don't want them coming over and thinking I'm a bookless person. And I've got my big coffee table books, but that even makes me look more dumb. So anyone would be thinking, so Jen doesn't read. She just reads um, big giant fashion books on her coffee table or books about David Bowie or interior design. Like this girl seems a little shallow. So I did something that was so foreign to me. But I put my books in my home office on that shelf that I normally had reserved for, you know, um, office supplies and it looks totally fine. It looks totally fine and normal. It was just such a big deal. I just sat there staring for a while going, what if this looks messy? These are, these are things a Virgo does when she wanders around her home. Um, But I'm really loving how my bedroom is shaping up. By the time you hear this, it'll be done. But I got the new peel and stick wallpaper. It's black with gold, like little birds on it. And all the furniture in my room is sort of this um, like off-white fake leather feel with gold. It's a lot of gold, black, and white. And um, it's my favorite thing in the world. And my curtains are black now. So I don't know. I think it's going to look cool. And I have a big shag white, like really soft. It feels like a cat uh, area rug under the bed. So I've been wanting my bedroom to be these colors for a long time. And I just thought, well, since I'm not going to be in New York this year, I'll actually be home all the time. Let's do it. Shouldn't have spent the money, but I have faith it'll come back to me. So I know that's Earth's most boring story, but seeing as my listeners like to buy socks and write that as an activity that's fun, I thought I'd take a chance that maybe that story would thrill you. (laughs) So, there's that. Um, The audition went well. Thank you. They told me to, um, they'll have me back in for, I don't know, round two of it, whatever in the new year. all right, so, I mean, literally 10% of all auditions, like the, the odds are so low that you're going to book a thing, but um, i really enjoyed auditioning. Something has happened with my confidence where I used to feel like I can act, but I'm a terrible auditioner, and now I'm a really good auditioner. And it, uh, you know, I I actually, I humbled myself a couple years ago um after my big breakup I was like, well, I feel like shit anyway, so now's the time to do all this stuff that would have made me feel like shit anyway. <laughs> and I took this audition class and there's something about no, the woman who teaches it is totally legit. She's a real director, she's an actor herself, she's an acting teacher, but the people taking the class are these like just rolled straight off the bus from wherever they're from and they need to go right back. Like they couldn't even they've never worked, and it was not like a refresher for people that are already professionals that have been on TV. It was like me and people that just moved here who were like, you know, they're reading the script and, and going, But Darlene, why would you leave me? I love you, like that kind of acting. But it didn't matter because it was mainly about exercises and warm ups you can do. To learn lines for an audition and it actually changes the way that you say your lines, helps you get connected, uh, and weird little tips and tricks for in the room, like don't look here, do this, stuff that like I never really thought about and I've been auditioning forever, but I don't audition that much. I always had some kind of writing job and when you have a writing job, you cannot leave. Auditioning takes like two hours from the driving there to the parking. It's a whole thing. So it's not like a quick thing. So... When you have a writing job like I did at Chelsea Lately, we didn't get to leave to go on auditions because you might do two or three a day. I mean, you might do two, you might do one to two a day a couple times a week. So you would literally never be at your desk. It's like either you audition or you don't. It's either you're, you're either or kind of person. So I thought, well, this year, why don't I just be someone who auditions? We'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be, you know, I have the spare time. I'm in town. Let's do it. And, um, that's what I thought I was gonna be two years ago. And I took that class and then I got the job at Mrs. Maisel. And I was like, oh, I guess I don't audition this year either. I'll just move to New York and do this writing job. But I started going on auditions right after taking that class and people were commenting on, they were like, you're a great auditioner. <laughs> I was like, I actually took a class. And um, yeah, so it's really interesting that I got a lot out of it and it didn't matter that the other people were new or this or that, but. It's actually something that I find kind of fun now it's not exactly without its nerve-wracking um, realities because it's you you can't you do have to I've always made the decision to be a writer over doing auditions full time because one pays and one doesn't um, one's a gamble and one's a guarantee so you know if I can i I've been lucky I get called in to do little things I do it everything works out great so it's, it's neither my life's dream, nor is it not. It's like, great. I also do this and now we're going to make time for it. So it's really kind of boring and I don't know why I'm going on and on about it in case you guys wanted to know what that lifestyle was like. It's, it's definitely just its own lifestyle. And, um, I'm really glad that I'm not just an actor because I cannot. Fathom just doing only that and not being able to go on tour and make money doing that or write a script or do a thing. It's I'm glad that I am um that I've diversified. Cause we gots to make that money, honey. We gots to support ourselves. Ain't no one else supporting me. Um all right, my people. Oh, I didn't even finish reading what people okay. So This is what other people find fun that you find stupid. Somebody wrote big New Year's Eve celebrations. Agreed. Someone else wrote, oh God, I may not have enough characters. How about this? Apple picking off the Metro North in September. Although I don't think there's a character limit in answering questions on Facebook. Um, Somebody else finds stupid starting your evening out after 9 p.m. How? I know. Somebody else finds stupid socializing just to be out. Yep. Um, Somebody else says, I don't like those who drive like maniacs in the rain. Yep. Going to clubs, crowded venues, casinos, basically anything loud and crowded we are expected to dress up. Yes. You are all my people. I know that it's weird that I do a thing for a living that requires you to go out and dress up, but at least it's not loud and I'm not playing uns uns music, you know. Um So I'd like to give myself a pat on the back for that. So we've got some listener emails. Let's see what people have on their minds. What do you guys have on your minds? Oh, some people have some really long advice questions and I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Some people do not use uh, paragraphs. Anyway, somebody wrote, Hi, Jen. I've been listening for a while now. I just wanted to say I'd hate to have someone I'm so inspired by cut back on her honesty, though I do understand if the emails are just too incessant. Oh, this is back when I was talking about, would you guys not pity me and be like, we have to help her career. Um, I actually like hearing about the ins and outs of your work in the business and your ups and downs. As someone I look up to, it's nice to see all sides of you. I'll go even further to say it's helpful for me to hear and see someone who isn't just a Twitter or Instagram personality with millions of followers just posting about how great their life is. It's helpful for me in my field to tell myself, hey, one of my heroes had this setback this week. She's working through it and it's still in the game. Tearing up at this point, LOL. So thank you. Hope you have a good week. From Ivan. Oh, of course. Well, show business is literally 90% setbacks. Every time you see me have a triumph, whether it's a Netflix special or a book, there were 400 no's. In, you know what I mean? It's it's mostly no's. And then the yeses are triumphant, but that's why a lot of people such as myself don't really cotton to this notion that I'm set and I'm okay and I've made it because you mostly hear no, or you mostly hear nothing, or there's no enthusiasm. It's just a self-generating business. And only when you are making people, and I'm not joking, millions, is there some kind of whirlwind of excitement. And at that point, you are being thrown into the other difficult part of the stratosphere, which is no one really cares about you. They just want to make money off you. And if you start believing your own hype, you will have a fall. So yes, there's always setbacks every 10 seconds. There's always bullshit. All right. All right. Um, anyone who sends me videos of their comedy, I'm sorry but I'm not going to watch it. It's just not I didn't grow up with that luxury of being able to send like I would say famous or successful comedians their videos. I don't think you want me to see it. I'm so glad you've made videos, but it's just a rule I have. I don't watch them. Um so I just wanted you guys to know that. Um This is an update, advice update. You told me to stop telling my husband to go to therapy. Let's see if it worked. Hi, Jen. You can still call me Sarah. About a year ago, I asked you for advice via Twitter on how to get my husband to go to therapy. You told me quit telling him to go and telling him how great it is for me isn't a way to get him to go either. You said that he's on his journey and if therapy is meant for him, it will happen. I followed your advice and stopped talking about therapy, his potential therapy, and my actual therapy. I also read most of the Don't Be Codependent book you recommended. <laughs> I don't think that's the name of it, but you get what I'm saying. I think it's it's Pia Melody. Anything she writes, everyone should read. Um, So... About a year goes by. Well, goddamn, if that man didn't say at dinner last weekend that maybe he should see a psychiatrist because maybe with talking and medication, he'd feel happier and be more productive at his job. Ah! I smiled and said, I thought that was a great idea. That makes sense. I did not say, I gave you that exact fucking advice a year ago. No, you cannot say that. I left it there and haven't mentioned it since. He's on his journey. I love him. He loves me. And we have a fun relationship with tons of jokes and loving on our cats. And I'm personally focused on the happy that is now and not fixing or helping him. Not my place. The marriage is better for it. And I'm grateful for your advice. If he ever makes an appointment, I'll let you know. But it doesn't even matter anymore. What will be, will be. Thanks for telling me to back off and let him be him. Oh, oh, oh my God. Thank God something worked. (laughs) Because... I don't fucking know. I know a little bit about what I'm talking about and that's an area that I do know about. Um, Yeah, and sometimes we risk losing people, you know. Um, I've taken my own advice and I still lost my ex, so it's like, (laughs) you know, it doesn't always work out but it works out with what's supposed to be. And I'm so glad you guys are rocking and rolling and thank you for telling me that. Um... All right, this is Someone asking, am I an old, clean fart? Let's see what this email, email is. Jen, I'm struggling with something. And I'd like your input on. Here's my situation. A few months ago, I moved in with a good friend of mine who also happens to be a coworker. worker Ooh. Lots of, lots of time with that person, it sounds like. I am a 33-year-old female, and she is a, <laughs> a newly 24-year-old female. So we are a decade apart in age. My advice is already move out, just move just as soon as the lease is up. Okay. When it comes to personality, we are very similar. Same sense of humor, similar outlooks in life, same ideas of what fun is for the most part. I really like her as a human being, but when it comes to our living styles, we are polar opposite. I am pretty particular about my things. I like to put stuff away when not in use. I clean up after myself. I find joy in having a clean apartment. I water plants, I check the mail, and I do the dishes. These things seem like no-brainers to me because I am an adult and having a tidy living space is something I value. But this is my friend's first time living, living somewhere other than college or under her parents' roof. She has her things everywhere. She leaves dirty dishes everywhere. She will only take out the trash or help with cleaning if prompted by me. Her boyfriend, also 24, is constantly staying over about four times a week. No. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I just realized I had a nightmare last night that I moved in with a couple that I know. And in the dream, I'm. this happens all the time. I'm going, well, this is cool. I mean, I love my bedroom, and it's a really beautiful place they've got. Um, I've been to their place before, and it doesn't look anything like this, but maybe they got a new one, and I forgot Ha, huh, it's so weird I live here. I don't remember what happened. Why, why don't I live alone anymore? Why am I living with them? Oh, well. I mean, it never dawns on me to go, well, you're dreaming, you fucking moron. I'm always like, it's always amazing how quickly I can just adjust in my dream. I'm like, well, I have no memory of my former life, but here I am living with them. I guess we'll make it work. Anyway, uh, But I remember thinking in the dream, oh, I don't want to live with a couple that's so, you know, and and him coming over four times a week is too much. It's just too much. Once a week is appropriate. Um, I don't even remember anymore when I had roommates, um, what we did about boyfriends coming over. And that's why I think because the last time I had, no, I had roommates in my 30s, but, or did I? I don't remember, but... um, no, I think it all ended in my late 20s. And so that's why I think when I was in my late 20s and when I was in my 20s living with people in their 20s, we didn't care or think about boyfriends coming over, people in and out. And then I think when you're in your 30s, it's better to live with someone your own age who like people in their 20s, even if you have the same personality, they don't have a they don't have that same sense of person personal space. Everything's like one big not everyone, but I know for me in my 20s There was stuff about boundaries and space that I didn't really realize until I just had lived more time on the planet and my taste changed. You know, I think fundamentally at your ages, you're incompatible for living together. Maybe not to hang out or work together, but not living together. I'm not even done with the email, but I don't think you should live together. Um, Her boyfriend is constantly staying over, average four times a week. Although I like him as a person, he doesn't live here or pay any of the bills that come with our place. Every time I walk in my front door they are on the couch in the only communal space we have since it's a small place and they are smoking pot and playing video games. Now I don't mind recreational smoking, but can it be done outside? I'm not a gamer, but if they like that, can't they do it in her room? This sounds awful I mean, and you're already being nice about it. Like I don't mind smoking, but can't you? It's like they're not gonna, cause they don't have that kind of respect yet. They're young and they don't there's When I talk to younger people who are like, come out for a drink after the show. I'm like, oh, I don't like doing that. They're like, oh my God, no, but it's fun. I'm like, no, no, no. I used to do stuff like that. It's not fun anymore. Not in a sad way. Like they also still think that, oh, you're 44 and going back to your hotel room and being sad that you don't find it fun anymore as though you need to have some kind of microchip reinstalled. And it's like, no, no. Now different things are interesting to me. So you guys screaming to have a drink after seems ridiculous. So I think it's just a matter of they have no idea that you would feel... You can tell them till you're blue in the face how you feel because they don't relate. There will be no motivation to make changes. And if they do make changes, it'll be because you say so. And then there'll be tension. I just think, okay, I'm going to keep reading. I know I know I should just tell her, right? But how? I love her dearly. I know she has good intentions. I know her past living situations haven't really set her up to be a stellar roommate, but mostly I just don't want to make her feel bad or feel bad myself. I feel like an uptight old fart, but I want to have peace. Right now being at home stresses me out and that's not okay. I would get a place to myself, but I can't afford it. How do I approach this? How do I get my needs met at home without hurting feelings or causing issues? Am I overthinking? No. Here's the deal. You're not overthinking what you need. You know exactly what you need and it's very perfectly thought. You don't want all these people in your space all the time. You don't want the smoke. You, you just, you know what you want and you have to tell her. But I think that there has to be some admission on your part that maybe a mistake was made moving in together. And I think you should come at it from that way. I actually think that's the least hurtful way to go about it and just say, I know it's hard to understand, but the age difference does come into play. And I don't want to have to make you be someone you're not, but these things bother me. And that's it. You know she's not going to feel bad about herself. She'll be grateful. And also the only thing you're overreacting to, and I do this too, you're overreacting to your own feelings. So I heard someone say this thing once, I breathe in and I breathe out and that's life. Everything else is just story, right? So in other words, every situation we have, even life or death sometimes is really quite simple. Whatever's going on is what's going on. What's going on is She's not a compatible roommate. These things bother you. That's what's going on. How you feel about it. Do you want to make her feel bad? Oh my God, you can't afford anywhere else. All that extra drama is like strapping a backpack full of weights on your back. And that's what you're feeling. So you, the feelings you're having aren't about the very simple thing. It's just not that compatible. She's got a couple habits that are bad. You feel you're you're overreacting to how bad you feel and you're, it's, it's bothering you so much that you have to say something that you feel this way. So these are what I call the extra feelings that come along and they're not actually the sitch, you know, and I have that too. Like when I had to quit my job, it was like, I was in terror. I was immobilized. And, and all I had to do was send an email and state my case. And that was all I had to do. So is sending an email and saying, you know what, pursuant to my career dreams, this is not on the right path. Is that technically a big deal? No. But the fear and the stuff and the uh, the reactions I might get and how I might feel and oh uh, that was adding emotion to it. So you just have to just keep, you know, it's like every 10 minutes. And this is why I love meditating because everyone thinks meditation is about clearing your mind and it's not. It's about noticing the thoughts that come up and come up and just going, uh-huh, and putting them aside and going back to focusing on something else. And so in real life, we have to do that all the time. It's like, just take out all the stuff you have about, I know, I don't want to make her feel bad. I'm going to take all that out and just focus back on, there's a problem, I have to talk to her about it. Now, I do think that the opening statement is something along the lines of like, I don't ultimately think this is going to be compatible. I think you should be with someone your age. I should be with someone mine. And I don't know how much time you have left on the lease or whatever, but maybe there's a world... um, Will you just allow yourself to dream of having a roommate who's your age? They might have to be a stranger. I don't know how that's going to look. But, you know, a lot of times when I suggest stuff like this to people in my life, I can't because of this, because of this. It's like, you're not allowed to dream. I mean, you can sit back on your couch and just think of the perfect person that you could live with, even if they're a made up person. And just, I don't mean manifest them like the secret, but of course it's possible that you could find someone your age to live with to help because you, you don't you know, living alone isn't something you can afford right now. So she's not your only option, you know? So it's like, if you can loosen up around that and you guys can talk about how this might not ultimately be that compatible, who knows what will happen? Maybe you have another year left on the lease. You'll see how it works out, but anything could happen. She could find someone else to live with. You could have someone your age move in. There's, 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 there's one big solution right now, which is you do have to tell her how you feel, but just keep it factual and the second thing is, um, there's opportunities. There's many doors that can be opened. There's miracles all around. Things could come in and change. So just keep that hope inside of you. And third, don't be emotional when you talk to her. Um, be almost like a stone wall, but kind. So if she's gonna have a reaction, let her have it. Don't you have it for her? Don't you have one for yourself? Because it just It's just a very fact-based discussion. Like you do this, you do that. You know, I've lived with many people. I'm older than you. It's actually not appropriate. This isn't how it's done. And like, don't even act as though there is possibly an emotional reaction for you or her to have so that if she has one, she's the one that's owning it. Not you. You know, does that make sense? Um, I hope that makes sense. I hate your situation. I really hope you can find someone else to live with. I do think we have to live with people that our our own age unless you know i get that not every 24 year old is like that of course not but i do think you're going to have a hard time <clears throat> let me put it this way when you do have a 24 year old who's like that i don't think a lot of the time it's just based on that's who they are i think it's based on their age and sometimes we cannot grow people up we can tell them a million times what they should be doing and they're not going to get the hang of it till they live a little longer so that's why i think Even though you just moved in, it might be time to think about, like, this was a mistake. Maybe we can turn this ship around somehow. Okay. Okay. Well, let's do one more advice question. I don't know how this ended up being that, but hi, Jen. Please don't use my name. Would love to hear your input on this situation. I have a very annoying and irritating boss and have somehow gotten in the routine of having lunch with him every single day. I work at a college and his office is right next door to mine. And so we always go down to the cafeteria together. It was fine at first, but he has really been getting on my nerves for a number of reasons. He's a huge gossip and very negative and toxic. And I just wish I could have a break from him at lunchtime since I have to deal with him all day long anyways. I just don't know how to break this routine that we've gotten into. I've tried a couple of times to say, go ahead, I'm not hungry yet, when he asks if I want to go, but then he says, oh, that's okay, I can wait, we'll go later. Oh, read the room, people. And I just know him well enough that if I were to say I have other plans for lunch, he will give me a hard time in his joking, but actually serious way. Well, that's where I'm going to pause. Let that happen. That, which, which annoyance is less annoying? That one. Because you don't want to have lunch with him. Tell him you have other plans. Let him give you a hard time. And again, give that stone reaction. Give it back. In other words, if someone gives you a gift that you don't want, you give it back. So... In behavior world we can do that too. If you're like sorry, like it's a very normal adult thing to go, sorry, I have plans with Marcy. And if he's gonna be like, Oh blah 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 blah, just stand there and not react and be like, Okay. It's so much simpler than you're making it to just like this is what I'd call I'm just gonna be a big grown up lady today. You know what I mean? It's just like it's so much more simple and you're not doing anything mean or harsh. It's just like I have plans with Marcy, just try it one day. I'm I'm and if you have to do like if you believe in uh, the universe or like a guardian angel or a dead relative that looks over you or just something outside yourself where you can go powers that be, will you help me like summon my inner grown-up today? Just something like that. Or even talk to yourself in the mirror. I know this sounds stupid, but just do it. And then it works. I have plans with Marcy and he'll go, oh, Marcy. Oh, I guess I'm not good enough. And just fucking don't react. And it, It will be like playing racquetball, not tennis. Don't play tennis with these people. Be a wall and let them play racquetball against you. The ball will go back to him and he'll realize, he might not realize he's being a spaz, but your side of the street is totally clean and you can be like, okay, cool reaction. Like you don't have to say that, but all right, I'm going to go see Marcy. And if he's still acting weird, then you have a case where it's like, dude, you're acting kind of weird because I'm having lunch with other people? Like, what's up? Not that you would ever say that, but it will just become obvious. Like right now, you are an accomplice to his behavior. You are feeding into it. You are normalizing it, letting it happen. So you have to do the opposite. End of story. Um. Like, if I make plans with my friend Mary, when he asks if I want to get lunch, should I say, I actually made plans with Mary to go later? Yeah. You don't even say actually. Say, no, I'm going with Mary. And if he says he wants to join, say, no, Mary, Mary and I have our own thing. I see you every day. Just point that out. It's weird to have lunch with your boss every day. I know you're saying for a normal person, I know that would be perfectly acceptable and the person would get the hint, but I just know that he will either invite himself or make some sort of comment like, well, okay then, and feel left out. Let him. Again, this is codependency. Who gives a shit how he feels? If you don't want to have lunch with him, who gives a shit? It's not, we all confuse this with being nice. It's called people pleasing and we don't need to fucking do it because when we people please, we please everyone but ourselves, right? Sorry if this is a ridiculous minuscule thing to ask about but I'm curious to hear how you would handle this. That's exactly all the advice I gave is what I would do. It would be hard for me too. I don't like this stuff. I hate this stuff. But I have actually changed as a person and this is the stuff I do now. It's so much easier to live this way and honestly you're not doing anything wrong. He's living exactly how he wants to live, asking you to lunch, making comments. No, I'll wait. He's getting to do everything he wants to do all day long, and you're not, and you're not doing what you want to do for him? What is it? Your, your dad, your husband, your best friend? Why are you making all these concessions for him? It doesn't even sound like it's a matter of your job would be on the line, which would still be inappropriate, but I could understand that fear. So you got to just take this apart and be like, you almost have to be like, blah, 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 blah and like slap yourself on the face and put cold water in your face and be like, no, this ends today. I am a grown up fucking lady. You know what I mean? So I want to hear back from you. How did it go? And I want to hear back from the woman that lives with the younger woman. I seem fun at gmail.com. Please give me any uh, updates. I love hearing it. All right. Well, that was the non-Christmas Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, everybody. And if you hate it, well, now, well, now, it's the day is going to be over so soon and you can get back to real life. You just have to get through New Year's. And we're going to have a New Year's episode for you about um resolutions, what you've made, why you think they're stupid, why you're not making them. That will be coming up next week. Until next week, have fun. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader.